broken families, corrupt governments, impoverished nations, acts of terror. These are just the symptoms of a much deeper issue. Our world is in desperate need of good leaders. Leadership matters, especially servant leadership. You are listening to Breakthrough with Boris Joaquin. Servant leadership appears to be an oxymoron. <laughs> like, like when we say act naturally or alone together or when we say bittersweet. Servant leader. I mean, doesn't it contradict each other? But it's probably the best framework for a holistic leadership approach than any other leadership model of all time. Ken Blanchard says that the average shelf life of a good leadership model is about 5 to 10 years. But I believe servant leadership has always been there. It's been there decades ago, dating back to the time of Christ. And speaking of Christ, I think Jesus, Jesus Christ is the best leadership model of all time. Leadership example of all generations. When we look at servant leadership as a framework, we could actually see three domains here. We can look at character, competence, and then calling. So these are the three C's. So when we talk about competence, it refers to your technical expertise. So it's like being technocratic. You transfer technology from one person to another or your knowledge. Competence is a combination of your education, experience, and your expertise. You become a, a competent leader when you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about and you can also teach it and transfer it to others. Character, on the other hand, is what a lot of people have been uh, working so much to build among their people. Uh, emotional intelligence um, became popular when um, a lot of social and behavioral scientists were saying that it's more important to have EQ than IQ. And IQ could probably be connected to um, competence in, in, so, in so many ways. But when we talk about character, it refers to how you relate to other people. Sure, it, it, it includes compassion and empathy, but relating to other people is your interpersonal, interpersonal skills. It's your people's skills. And, and this might include one-on-one -on -one leadership and, and team leadership. So character is, is very important in today's um, organizational structure for leaders and everyone to, to develop other than their technical expertise. And then the third domain is calling. It's your strong sense of purpose. It refers to your vision and direction. Being called is... Um, it's actually it's a better way to refer to vision and purpose because you can be you can be a driven person and, and now what's the difference driven versus being called uh, what you what you love and hate about a driven person is the same thing their strong sense of purpose why because driven people will drive you crazy especially if they if they are the the type of person who's results oriented and doesn't really put more value in relationship and, and they just want to make things happen at all costs. So sa Tagalog, pwede ka nilang sagasaan because they're so driven at achieving their goals. On the other hand, called people um, heeds a higher authority. 
Um, so when you are called, li literally you're called, Boris, <laughs> come over here. You follow the voice of the one who's calling you, and 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 that one, that person is your master. Servant leaders uh, do not only know who they are, but they also know who they belong to. There's a strong sense of purpose and accountability at the same time. Um, it's in a spiritual sense, it's acknowledging that God is God and you are not. And you are, you are to heed God's calling and purpose for your life. Just like during this pandemic, I, I guess one of, our, one of our realization is that we are not in total control of our lives and the things that are going around us. All our plans uh, are thrown out of the window because COVID-19 interrupted it. Well, if you're caught by surprise by this crisis, let me tell you one thing. God wasn't caught by surprise. He knows what's, that it's supposed to happen. He is, he is in control. And knowing that God is in control, we can put our trust in Him. And that is a big reassurance when it comes to safety and security. Honestly, servant leadership, this, this is one of the topics that, I'm, that always humbles me. Because as a leader, whenever I speak about servant leadership, I am speaking from someone who is still learning, <laughs> still learning the principles and frameworks as well. Uh, I am a work in progress. Uh, I'm not a person who has arrived yet uh, to, to claim that I have achieved and have practiced, exercised servant leadership in all aspects of my life. But I am such a willing uh, journeyman. I'm willing to journey with all of those of you. Those of you who are willing to transition and take the same journey as well. To transition from self-centeredness to selflessness. Speaking of self-centeredness and selflessness, I bet you no one around here would be re would readily admit that I'm a self-serving leader. So if I ask you, who among you guys here are self-serving leaders? I don't think anybody is like, excited and giddy to raise their hand and say, Boris, I am a self-serving leader. All of us would like to be a servant leader. And that's the reason why you're listening to this podcast to begin with. But um, it, take, it takes a while, to be honest. Um, it really takes a lot. It's a, it's a long process. The, the depth and uh, the duration of that transition can, can actually be uh, can actually be tedious and oftentimes painful but it's uh, the end result is something that we will we all want to aspire Ken said we only become mature adults when we realize that life is more about what we give rather than what we get selflessness is a journey and I'm, I'm just glad that we're all traveling in the same route right now at the minimum this this is the beginning of your journey towards that. Um, so servant leadership is other than it's a travel or it's a journey, it's also a balancing act. Balancing the three C's into the mix allows you to, to become a well-rounded leader altogether. Um, to be transformational as a leader, to be the leader that you're meant to be, you need to be able to balance between push and pull, for example. Um, it's, an it's an influencing style. I'm a push person. I, I, I'm very results oriented. I like to make things happen. I'm a go, go, go type of person. I'm always on the move. Action all the time. <laughs> I'm action Boris. And Paul, on the other hand, as an influencing style, is taking the back seat 
it's pulling out of the scene it's allowing other people to, to shine or to make decisions or to to take the lead it's thinking it's more reflecting to pull back sometimes is to admit your own mistakes and apologize to your group or teammates Th these are moments of humility because truth is leaders do make mistakes it's like a balancing act between learning and leading um, we can't be leading all the time we have to take some time to to learn as well to evaluate the things that happened to us the projects that took place and implementing it pulling and pausing is is always associated with weakness or inaction yes it is in a in a very um, providential way because when you pause and pull you'll probably learn or discover your own weaknesses <laughs> aggressive leaders like myself tend to overlook or ignore faults thinking that it's immaterial as long as you achieve your desired results some business people would say who can argue with success but who would want to be successful if you got there in the wrong way or in a very immoral way it's good to be aware of your own weaknesses because the sooner you admit your weaknesses the better it is for you because the the longer you allow or deny your weaknesses the more other people will perceive it as wickedness did you get that your weaknesses can be perceived by others as wickedness and you don't want that you don't want that one example of learning about your shortcomings and weaknesses is receiving feedback from people is getting feedback from people and for a lot for some leaders feedback seems to be a negative word even if it's not <laughs> because feedback tends to uh, give out a negative criticism about you and and whenever you receive criticism we hate criticisms we, we hate feedback because it seems to bring us bring our leadership down but Ken Blanchard said feedback is the breakfast of champions and if you want to win in this game and you want to be a good servant leader then you want to devour feedback you you actually want to to hear from people how did it go how did I do it and and it's, it's very critical essential crucial so the balancing act is is hard but it's manageable especially if you know what your what or who your anchor is um, w one of our weaknesses is our ego problems and I, I, we have a simple equation for our ego problem and normally it is it's either pride or fear or a combination thereof pride is promoting yourself while fear is protecting yourself so fear is not necessarily being afraid or scared as so much as your insecurity uh, we have an acrostic for the word fear and fear stands for false evidence appearing real pride on the other hand is 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 haughtiness is thinking more of yourself than you should the the middle letter for the word pride is i so all you're thinking about is you yourself and no one else w once we're aware and we acknowledge that we have pride and fear in our lives we want to be accountable that we have this ego problem so awareness acknowledgement and accountability because the more we we call out these demons in our lives uh, in the bible when jesus casts out demons from demon possessed individuals he calls them by name 
and uh, pride and fear could be our personal demons and we probably need to call it out by name and and the problem with ego problems it will always stay there it will always be part of our personality because that's what our ego is but acknowledge it, but being aware of it can allow you to control it minimize it acknowledging it and being accountable about it allows other people to you give permission to other people to call you out as well I want to end our time together by, by sharing this story about Abraham Lincoln. And if we think about servant leadership, we will probably associate it with, with the great U.S. president. During the Civil War, um, Lincoln was visited by Colonel Scott, one of the commanders of the troops guarding the capital from attack by the Confederate forces in Northern Virginia. Scott's wife had drowned in a steamship collision on the Chesapeake Bay while returning home after a journey to Washington to nurse her sick husband Scott. Scott has appealed has appealed to the regimental command to leave to attend her burial and comfort his children. His request has been denied. A press, uh, he pressed his request up to the chain of command until it reached the Secretary of War, Ed, Edwin Stanton. Since Stanton had also denied the request, the colonel has taken his appeal all the way to the top. Scott got to the commander-in-chief himself, and Scott recalled the, the response of Lincoln. The president, the president exploded and said, Am I have no rest? Is there no hour or spot when or where I can escape these constant calls? Why do you follow me here with such business as this? Why do you not go to the war, uh, to the war, to the war secretary? Why don't you take Stanton's refusal? And then the, the president replied, "Then you probably ought not to, to go down to the river and 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 talk to me. Mr. Stanton knows all these necessities of the hour. He knows what the rules are necessary, and the rules are made to be enforced." It, it would be wrong for me to override these rules and decisions of this kind. It might work disaster to important movements. And then you ought to remember that I have other duties to attend to. Heaven knows enough for one man. And I can give no thought to, to questions of this kind. Why do you come here to appeal to my humanity? Don't you know that we are in war? and every family in this land is crushed with sorrow but they must not come each come to me for help i have all the burdens i can carry go to the war department your business belongs there if they cannot help you then bear your burden as we all must then colonel scott re return uh return back to the barracks brooding now th this story uh, how would you reflect on Abraham Lincoln as a leader? Would you still consider him to be a servant leader? Or do you think he's a self-serving leader? I mean, a lot of us would, would, could easily rationalize and say, you know, Lincoln is a servant leader. He's, he's, he has too much burden to bear as it is. And it's really unfair for, for, for Scott to even bring this minor detail, personal minor detail, into the into the agenda of the president and some of you would justify it because a lot of you can probably relate to Abraham Lincoln but do you know what the what president Lincoln thought of his behavior was during that time 
and and that is exposed in the balance or the the remaining of the story and I'm about to share with you right now early the next morning Colonel Scott heard a rap on the door he opened it and there stood the president he took Scott's hands held them and broke out my dear Colonel it was I was brute last night I have no excuse to offer I was worried weary to the last extent but I have no right to treat a man with rudeness who has offered his life to his country much more a man who is in great pain then Lincoln arranged for Stanton uh, with Stanton for Scott to go to his wife's funeral in his own carriage the commander-in-chief took the colonel to the steamer raft on the Potomac River and wished him Godspeed amazing right Abraham Lincoln had all the excuses to to explode to raise his voice to shout because his burden is too heavy but despite that he did not let it pass him he acknowledged that he was a brute he came back and he apologized and that's the beautiful thing about servant leaders acknowledging learning their weaknesses and acknowledging it because when you acknowledge that you made mistakes and and I'm sure you would you want to correct it you you want to undo you want to um, rectify it it begins with surrender and it ends with integrity that's how Ken Blanchard would describe apology and that's what Abraham Lincoln did as a matter of fact this particular historical uh, moment became a defining point in in the way the United States conduct their war policies so when any of the soldier is experiencing pain whether it's a depression a loss of a loved one or whatever they're automatically dismissed it became a rule in the US Army because it's it's concluded that they could be more that they could be detrimental to the overall battle than than they could be uh, beneficial so there was a learning opportunity here and the u.s president lincoln took time to pause and pull pull back apologize learn before he can actually lead balancing the the three c's is really a daunting task to do and honestly we can't we cannot give what we do not have we, we, we need Christ at the center. Our calling is, is based on the Almighty God, the creator of the universe. We, we have an acrostic for the word ego. And whenever we have ego problems, we call it edging God out. But whenever we, we bring God at the center of our existence and our work and our purpose and our calling, instead of edging God out, we, we begin exalting God only. And then I want this to be a, a good reminder for all of us uh, in studying and understanding servant leadership. And if we want to, and if we want to um, migrate from being self-centered leaders to servant leaders, because we, we must admit it. I mean, we're all ser- we're, we're all self-centered in in so many ways. Nobody's born in this world uh, selfless, right? You never saw a child wanting to clean the house. 
as soon as she, he's brought he or she is brought in from the hospital and like what i said a while ago we only become mature adults when we realize that life is more about what we give rather than what we get among the kings and queens throughout human history everyone every king would normally send out their people to die for them only one king decided to send himself out to die for his people and that's jesus christ and he's the best example of servant leadership well i am not asking you to die for your people <laughs> at the minimum i'm asking you to pull as you push to learn as you lead to admit your mistakes and apologize be aware of your, of your ego problems and be accountable and that will serve you well as you serve others well You are listening to Breakthrough with Boris Joaquin. I hope you enjoyed that episode on servant leadership. It's one of my most popular topics whenever I get invited to do a keynote speech or a workshop. But I don't take credit for the content. Most of the things that I share about servant leadership comes from a leadership movement called Lead Like Jesus. Lead Like Jesus is a global organization that promises the transformational leadership model because our model is Jesus, the greatest leader of all time. We focus on heart-centered, transformative leadership that equips leaders to effectively impact their own spheres of influence. I am honored and blessed to actually be designated as the national leader for Lead Like Jesus here in the Philippines. And we would like to make an impact in your own organization if you will just contact us. Contact me and we'll make sure that we have a team that goes to your organization and conduct the Lead Like Jesus encounter. Lead Like Jesus is blessed to be, a, to be the catalyst for countless individuals around the world who carry Jesus into their own spheres of influence daily. We do not run other nonprofits, businesses schools or churches but we teach the leaders who do so so that god is glorified ultimately so please connect with us lead like jesus is here to serve you and your organizations meet john he knows his leadership skills are important he reads all the books attends the workshops and changes his management tactics accordingly yet it still doesn't seem to be working the trouble is, John is so focused on trying to implement new tactics that he's neglecting one basic problem, himself. As it turns out, John is not alone. According to a recent survey, 38% of chief executives fail in the first 18 months, and it's mainly due to ego, pride, and lack of emotional intelligence. And where leaders fail, problems follow. The truth is that effective leadership begins with character and the heart rather than tactics alone. Inspired and empowered by the greatest leader of all time, Jesus, we've created a unique approach that focuses on developing better leaders, not just better habits. On this journey, you'll discover how to lead through love and develop into a respected leader, no matter who or where you influence. 
and we'll provide the resources needed to help you apply the principles in your day-to-day -day living. Can you imagine how the world would look like if more of us started leading like Jesus? Learn more and begin the journey.